0: Bishop Gaston Episcopal Retirement Community welcomes you to the Extraordinary at Every Age podcast. Explore the incredible stories of Bishop Gaston's extraordinary residents and team members, hosted by our former president slash CEO, Bill Traywick. In episode five of the podcast, Bill talks to resident Ike Smith, who helped certify Bishop Gaston as an arboretum thanks to the help of his fellow members of the Bishop Gaston Arboretum Committee and Norman Walsh, who took the lead in creating the Bishop Gaston Nature Trails. I am Bill Trawick, retired president and CEO of Bishop Gadsden Episcopal Retirement Community. I have been given the privilege of hosting a podcast series entitled Extraordinary at Any Age. These are conversations with residents of the community regarding their unique lives, interests and accomplishments. Today I have the pleasure as to have as my guest, Ike Smith and Norman Walsh. Ike has been instrumental in Bishop Gaston achieving an official designation as an arboretum. Norman's love of nature has resulted in the evolution of a series of nature trails through the wet and woodland areas of our campus. Both of these extraordinary efforts have brought increased appreciation, pleasure, in recognition of the tremendous asset of natural beauty that abounds on the Bishop Gadsden campus. Today, we're going to find out why these two men became so passionate about these activities and what they mean to them personally and what they feel the value is for the Bishop Gadsden community as a whole. Ike, I'd like to begin with you First, tell us just a little about yourself. What was your career? How did you and Betsy make the decision to move to Bishop Gadsden? And how long you've been here?
1: Bill, good afternoon. It's a pleasure to chat with you about the Arboretum. uh, And more than that, to disseminate this information to the residents at large. So to answer your question, Betsy and I have lived here since 2013. And we came to Bishop Gadsden as a consequence of our mothers both having been residents here long before the apartments and any of this other fine structure was put up. Uh, Once we moved here, we have not regretted it at all. It was a marvelous decision and we would do it again. As to me, I grew up as a boy in Central America and Hunting, fishing, and wandering around in the bush or jungle was the only thing boys of my age pretty much had to do. As a consequence, I've always been fond of being out of doors and love outdoor and nature. Uh, moreover, when I was in the eighth grade, I had a science teacher that taught us how to identify trees by the structure of the bark and the leaves. And I guess all of that stuck with me.
0: Again, I'll tell you what, we could talk so much about extraordinary lives. And, you know, I wish we could talk more about your personal life. We're going to focus on the Arboretum today. But that is so interesting. And, you know, going back to saying your mother's lived here and now y'all have lived here and you don't regret it. That is probably the most affirming thing that a resident could say about this community that, you know, they've experienced it for two generations and they're still happy with and
1: it. So, spoken with a surety.
0: Well, that is really, really very nice. Before we get into the specifics of how Bishop Cadsden became an official arboretum, how did the idea, and I guess, since we're talking about trees, we can say, how did it germinate?
1: Well said. <laughs> Once we moved onto the campus in 2013, one of the obvious attractions was the landscaping, the trees, the plantings, the beauty of the place. You can't miss it. And as a resident or as a visitor, it's, it's eye striking. It's, it just strikes you right in the face as being a, a wonderful asset. With that in mind, uh, and knowing that the tree service company that you had hired some years ago had done an inventory of all the trees, it occurred to me that that was the perfect foundation for an arboretum. Uh, And so we built on that. We had the inventory, uh, we had the wonderful campus, we knew that we had a number of varieties, specimens, and so the thought just germinated. Why not have an arboretum?
0: Gosh, Ike, I love to reminisce about these things because you're telling me things that I have forgotten. (laughs) So this has been, this is fun. Well, we're officially certified as a a level one Arboretum. Um, This happened five years ago in August of of 16. So it's almost the anniversary or just past the anniversary. Uh, To be certified implies that there is some organization, umbrella governing organization that does these kinds of things. Is that
1: the case? That is the case.
0: And what is the criteria um, that, you know, what is the organization? Well, we,
1: the organization is a a consortium of Arborita called ArbNet. It's internationally recognized as preeminent in the field. Uh, It, to be a member of that uh, consortium One has to meet certain criteria. They have various levels of of classification. One, two, three, and four. The fourth would be equivalent to the National Botanical Garden. Well-staffed, well-financed, an enormous variety of interesting trees. We elected, as we petitioned it, it was obvious to us that uh, we would be a type one classification, which means that in their parlance, we had to have a minimum of 25 varieties of trees. We had to have a governance board, which could be run by volunteers. No paid staff was required. We had to have demonstrated uh, a means of support, financial support of the, uh, Arboretum activity, and we had to have defined an outreach program uh, that met their requirements, and we did all that.
0: Okay, now you're talking about a web. There's a website too. Is that yes? What I think there about? is. And tell us about that.
1: The website uh, we put together early on, so that we would have some mechanism for residents to easily and outsiders as well to easily see what we were doing. The website is called www.thebishopgadsdenarboretum.org. It's available to the public. Uh, we encourage you to link onto that. In additional, addition to that, we, uh, through Kimberly's office, developed a, an app, an application that can go on a cell phone or an iPad or any i.t device that will allow one to walk through the campus in their various zones and spot by spot identify a tree and have a description of the tree
0: that is just amazing and that has been all resident driven it's all resident driven that's what makes it even more (laughs) phenomenal when we talk about trees i know from my own lack of knowledge that there's some misunderstanding about what is an indigenous species and what is not. Many of us assume that if a tree or a shrub is plentiful in an area, then it must be indigenous, but this is not the case. Can you give us an example of a tree on the Bishop Gadsden campus that is truly indigenous to the, to the region, and another we may think is indigenous, but in actuality is not?
1: Well, good question. For example, the loblolly pine and the water oak are indigenous to this part of the country. Norman's favorite tree, the crepe myrtle, is not indigenous. It was brought to this country by a French botanist a hundred odd years ago, but it flourishes so well and is so prevalent on the campus that one would tend to believe it's natural to this habitat.
0: Absolutely. I would have thought that uh, I've just recently learned through Norman, an email that it is not indigenous, but I would have always thought a great myrtle was indigenous Very common. to the low country yeah. because there's so many of them. Uh, roughly, if you have any idea what percentage of our you know designated trees that make us an arboretum are indigenous and, and what are mm-hmm. a new word that I learned in preparing this ornamental i guess they're called ornamentals when they've been used like a crape Uh, myrtle but they are not indigenous
1: we have identified bill 51 varieties of woody plant trees on the campus and of that 51 probably 40 are considered indigenous Uh, the balance are not native uh, to this geographical spot, but nevertheless add to the beauty of the campus. Uh, and they they denominate a number of different species, the Chinese pistache, which is hard to pronounce, the Japanese sokova, uh the fringe tree, these things are not native to our geography, but yet they add to the beauty of the campus.
0: They sure do, they sure do. Now, there also is a specimen that's termed exotic, which sounds, well, exotic. Do we have any exotic specimens? We
1: do. We have about 13. I just named two of them. Okay. The Japanese sokova is is one such. The Chinese pistache, another such. They're beautiful trees. They just don't happen to be native to this part of the world. But yet we love having them on the campus.
0: Sure, they add
1: to the they add to the beauty of the
0: place. Yes, they do, like a great marble, for yep. example. Is the goal to increase the variety of species on the campus? Um, and if so, how is this being undertaken? I would assume that, like all the zones for different kind of plants, that there are only a finite number, maybe that that thrive in this area. Is that the case? That is
1: correct. Uh, we have worked out a program with our EVS group. Uh, whereby any new plantings that occur as replacements or simply additions will be taken from an inventory of indigenous plants that we don't yet have. And so we work with Daniel to ensure that that happens. Moreover, if a resident wished to make a memorial contribution in the form of a living tree, we would also work with Kimberly and Daniel to ensure that that planting i uh, met the criteria of having as many indigenous plants as we could
0: great and i knew to no, know the landscaping for the new healthcare center will give some some opportunity
1: indeed that is correct
0: um do you have any idea how many arboretums there are designated in south carolina
1: to the best of my knowledge there are three the medical university here in charleston the university of south carolina in columbia and we
0: so, we're the only senior living we're, campus. We're,
1: we are indeed.
0: And probably one of the few in the country. I know there are others, but I think we're probably one of maybe even a dozen. There aren't many. No, there aren't. Um, Ike, you have done so much work on this project, and I know that you have had the help of, of others to achieve this unique status that reflects the value of our community, I believe, places on our beautiful trees. When I was in Ireland two years ago, I asked a cab driver in Dublin. I said, do you live anywhere near Ram? He said, oh, yes, I live in a leafy neighborhood nearby. (laughs) And I thought that was such a charming answer. And I tell you, uh, it's nice that we live in a leafy neighborhood here at Bishop Gadsden. Indeed it is. uh, I know the the residents and the staff both appreciate it and what you have done to, to recognize it. Now, Norman, tell us a little bit about you and your career. And how did you and Marcy make the decision to move here? and How
2: long have you been here? Well, Bill, it's glad to be with you today. Um, next month, Marcy and I will have been here six wonderful years. Um, how we got here is a good story. Uh, we lived in Somerville 35 years before coming here on a nice wooded lot on a golf course with lots of space. Um, And um, in 2014, we both said, taking care of the house and preparing meals and keeping the yard up is a lot of trouble. We ought to start thinking about doing something else. And so we came down in August of 2014 and talked to Judy Hastings. And within a few minutes, she had convinced us that Bishop Gaston was the place we wanted to live.
0: Good for Judy (laughs) and Um, good for y'all.
2: So we said, hey, good for us." So we said, "Great Judy, We'll come back in five years." Well a month later she called and said, There's apartment. there is an apartment available in the key. Would you like to look at it and maybe have it?" So we came down and looked at it, and it was so wonderful that we said, "If you had showed us every piece of property at Bishop Gaston, this is the one we would choose." How nice. And so our five years went to one year which was the time it took for the completion of the construction of the key.
0: Super. Well, you have been a passionate advocate for the development of the nature trails at Bishop Gadsden. And as you know, the truth is when I was CEO, you and I, I'll have to say, had our moments because of your passion. It seems so boundless. However, I will tell you that your interest in and passion for life endears you to me and to all of your friends. Um, You proposed the concept of nature trails at the very first Environmental Services Committee you attended in January of 2016. Tell us how you became interested in creating the nature trails on our campus.
2: Well, Bill, I, I do regret some aspects of my passion, which Don't. was, which had no bounds. <laughs> um, I grew up in a country environment and I've always appreciated woodlands and wetlands and uh, their living inhabitants. I've been an avid cyclist, runner and walker and never liked indoor exercise. Um, after we got settled at Bishop Gadsden, I began walking the campus and after a few months became interested in the dense woods which are just south of the 600 and 700 buildings. I wondered why I could only find two residents who had ever ventured into those woods. It was only last year that a long-time resident remembered that you had advised residents not to go into the woods because they might be trespassing on others' property. In the fall of 2015, I explored those woods and found the growth to be too dense for anything but bushwhacking. I was so impressed with the beauty and diversity of the growth that I wondered whether this property property could be made accessible for all residents to enjoy. 35 years ago, I owned 150 acres of raw land that I personally created roads and trails so that my family and friends could enjoy nature. Over a period of 15 years, I became skilled with the use of chainsaws, tractors, backhoes, bulldozers, and road graders. (coughs) I realized that if administration and other residents were interested, we could have nature trails at Bishop Gadsden. Residents were enthusiastic and contributed their money and bodies to make it happen. And we were quite successful.
0: Well, the trails are one of the most prominent examples on our campus of a resident initiated and maintained activity. What is involved in maintaining the trails and how is this continuing to be supported by your fellow trail enthusiast? Uh,
2: a group of residents called the trail committee is not an official Bishop Gaston committee, but obviously any of our activities must be approved by administration. Also, a BG staff person attends all of our meetings and is a necessary advisor. The two major trail issues are the removal of sticks and limbs that fall on the trails almost every day and the cutting of vegetation growing into the trail borders. We try to keep vegetation away from the trail borders so that walkers can be assured of not getting ticks or chiggers unless they go off trail. We see snakes occasionally, but none have been poisonous. The north and middle trails are wide and clear enough that if a snake is present, one can easily see it and avoid it. Committee members have been doing most of this work, but recently more of it has been transferred to turf techs since residents' use of some of the dangerous equipment is now prohibited. Bishop Gaston now has some funds in its budget for trail maintenance, but the trail committee also uh, supplements the cost of maintenance from our residence account.
0: Well, over these past years, the trails have expanded, but you really have been very intentional and the others too about keeping them primitive. Tell us how they expanded and about the philosophy of making them accessible, but kind of maintaining the integrity of keeping them natural and primitive.
2: From the beginning, the trail committee members desire was that every resident would be able to receive the spiritual and physical benefits of being in our woodlands. Technically, the wetlands required three th- three separate trails which were accessed from the power line right away. Because of their geographic orientation they are named north middle and south. The north and middle trails were designed to allow golf cart traffic so that non-walking residents could have access. The south trail has purposely been left to be more primitive for those who like the feeling of being almost in the wilderness.
0: Well Norman I've appreciated how you have really focused on accessibility. And from the very beginning of the trails, you have wanted it, them to be available for our less mobile assisted living and healthcare residents so that they too could enjoy this nature experience. Has this been achieved and how is that happening?
2: Bill, this has been successfully achieved when residents with golf tarts take assisted living friends on the trails. A problem with this is that only one person can ride in the front and it might be dangerous for assisted living persons to ride in the back of a golf cart. Bishop Gadsden staff occasionally take assisted living residents in Bishop Gaston carts, which can carry more people. I wish it could be a routine event. The North Trail was specifically modified so that the very long Bishop Gaston cart could make all of the turns and complete it. The trail surfaces are usually firm enough to allow residents with walkers also to use the trails.
0: Well, I'm glad that they are accessible to so many because when you and I have toured the trails, I will have to say it is truly somewhat of a spiritual experience. I know the trails have gathered a group of resident enthusiasts, but for residents who may not have taken advantage of the trails, How would you recommend that they do this, and what could you tell them they might find that they would both enjoy and learn from?
2: During the fall, winter, and spring, we have guided trail walks every Saturday morning at 10 a.m., beginning at the North Trail entrance. This is located on the gravel road just south of the 700 building. There's a large map of the trails at the entrance to the North Trail and in the mail room on the left side. One can also print a copy of the map and um, if there was a video I could show you, but if you go to Wells Zestra, then to Documents, then Map, you can print an eight and a half by 11 map. Um, what residents can enjoy and learn on the trail um, is basically unlimited. Uh, Each trail has a different topography and a different plant life. So the North Trail is mainly wetland. You'll find a pond as you go down at about a quarter of a mile. And the middle trail uh, is high ground, has lots of hardwoods, uh, a loblolly pine forest, The South Trail is really fun because you do feel like you're in the wilderness and it's a mixture of um, hardwoods and wetland plants. Uh, The woodlands are filled with ferns and uh, wildflowers. And a special thing to be looking for are um, mushrooms.
0: Well, Norman, I will have to say that you took a piece of our property, sizable piece that really was not an asset to anyone because no one could get to it and you have made it accessible you and your committee and it has become a real uh, experience and a real asset to to the community it really has thank you from the as ike you said from the moment you drive onto the bishop gadsden community campus one is struck by its natural beauty You know, we think about assets oftentimes as insurable assets like buildings. And sometimes we don't think about the natural environment being the asset that it is, but you know, it's an overwhelming asset here at Bishop Gadsden. This community would be nothing without its trees and its natural beauty. Ike, as you said, from the moment you drive on to the Bishop Gadsden community campus, one is struck by its natural beauty. It is one of our community's greatest assets. It not only gives pleasure to the eye, but it also speaks to the soul. It has been a pleasure to talk with both of you, Ike and Norman, about this today. I hope we can revisit again your extraordinary lives personally because they have been and you've brought so many of your experiences to this community and made it a better community just in the ways we've talked about today as well as others i think i can speak for the residents and the staff at bishop gadston in expressing our appreciation to the two of you and to those who've worked with you for your extraordinary efforts in enhancing the beauty of our community and making it accessible for as many as possible to appreciate and to enjoy
1: thank you bill bill thank you
2: it's been a pleasure You mentioned natural beauty, but you left out the part about what you, the landscape architects, and everybody in administration and maintenance has done to add and enhance the natural beauty. And so we commend you (laughs) and everybody who assisted you in this. Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you. Indeed we do. Well, y'all are very generous, very kind, and I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Extraordinary at Every Age podcast. Share today's episode with friends and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Tune in next time for more Extraordinary
1: Stories.